Do you have a creative business but are struggling to get enough customers or clients to actually make enough money to enjoy your business? Come join me for a free live planning workshop where I will share the roadmap to get more leads and more profits in your business without running yourself to the ground. If you started this year with good intentions but are not getting the results you want and need, you really don't want to miss this free workshop. Now, there won't be a replay, so you must show up live to join the training. Register now at nataliewalton.com forward slash roadmap. That's nataliewalton.com forward slash roadmap. I just think it's something worth kind of catching ourselves with that why not create that experience for ourselves? Why not create a beautiful home that we can enjoy today? As I said, it's not about spending the money. It's about really being intentional with how we create our spaces. Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Imprint. I'm so happy and grateful to have you join me today on a very unseasonably warm uh, winter's day. And um, I just wanted to do a little shout out to Hells, who has just left me a beautiful review. I was just having a quick check. And I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to to write in. I really appreciate when any of you, you know, provide feedback about the podcast, share it on your social media feeds, whatever you do, just sharing the love. And um, and if you haven't done so already, maybe you're a longtime listener. If you haven't left a review or a five-star rating, I would appreciate it so much. It really helps this podcast reach more people just like you and me good people with big hearts who are trying to live their best life and, you know, leave the world a slightly better place, hopefully, than we than we found it. So I just wanted to sort of uh, just do a little bit of a shout out at the start of this episode. Now, I wanted to record this episode because for a few reasons, but one, it's very fresh in my mind. Last week, a friend reached out to me because she is about to sell her home. And a real estate photographer was coming to her home to take photos. So she kind of reached out on Monday. The photographer was coming on the Friday. And um, I'd actually helped her design the home. She was living in our local area. Her home had experienced some flooding. They had to completely rebuild. And um, I was helping her with some of the design issues that she was uh, you know, coming across. And it was a really fun project to work on to help her with her home. And it's been amazing to see it come to life. Now, on a side note, I just want to say it always amazes me how when it comes time to sell our homes, we often put in that extra effort to make a home the best that it can be. But we don't always do this for our own benefit. And it's not necessarily about spending money. Instead, it's about making small improvements that can make a big difference to the look and feel of our homes. I've had so many people say this to me over the years. You know, they say, oh, the house is looking so nice now. It feels such a, sh- a shame to sell it. 
Now, I don't know if you've had this experience or you've had a friend who has said this, but it happens all the time. And, you know, I just think it's something worth kind of catching ourselves with that why not create that experience for ourselves? Why not create a beautiful home that we can enjoy today? As I said, it's not about spending the money. It's about really being intentional with how we create our spaces. Anyway, as I mentioned, my friend was asking for styling advice and she's actually got a really great sense of style. I always love the way that she dresses and the care and thought she puts into her children's clothing. But, you know, she isn't from the world of interiors. Her background is actually, I think it's in nutrition. <clears throat> and so today I thought I'd share the advice that I gave to her in case you'd like to make the home the best that it can be today and not have to wait until you sell. Now, I want you to know that you can apply these ideas if you're renting your home, maybe you plan to renovate one day, but you don't have the funds to kind of go for a full-scale renovation, or perhaps you've just renovated and basically have got no money left. This is another thing that I hear all the time. Even somebody who works with me on my team, she has recently done some renovations and she said, yes, you know, you get to the end and you really realize that you don't actually have any money left at the end of the kitty, which I understand. So <clears throat> that's what I hope today you're going to find really valuable, getting some ideas, some insights on, you know, what not to do when it comes to styling your spaces, you know, the elements that you can use and the tricks and the ideas to really make improvements in your home. Or perhaps you're just feeling stuck and you're not really sure why your home doesn't look right and you're not sure of what's missing. Now, I also just want to quickly add, these are the common mistakes that I come across when I'm styling spaces. I've been doing this for 15 years now. There are, you know, there are other people who are teaching styling and they don't actually necessarily style other people's homes. And as I said, you know, I've been into hundreds of homes um, and not just in Australia, I've done this around the world, thanks to my books, I've traveled around the world. And, um, you know, it's really, amazing to see what I learn from doing the work because it is one thing to you know read the books but it's it's really something else when you actually get in there and do the work and so you know that is what I want to share with you you know these practical examples that I have of what I do in people's spaces now one last little thing I did actually write a blog post about this and it kind of went a little bit crazy um, when I put a link in my newsletter recently. So I will link to the blog post in the show notes if you want to check that out because it has some examples and you might want to see, you know, the visual references um, for some of these ideas. And I'm going to touch on some of those ideas, but I'm going to add some new ones because after that newsletter went out, my friend and I were still messing, messaging each other back and forth. And we both kind of had this big aha moment um, in relation to one of the points that I'm going to talk to you about, which I'll, I'll mention in a moment. And the transformation really was amazing. Now, I'll also be going deeper on these ideas in a free class next week. So if you'd like to join me, you can register now at nataliewalton.com forward slash confident. The link only went live this morning and I can't believe how quickly it's filling up. So by the time you're listening to this, there really will probably only be a few spots left. So if you would like to learn how to make your home the best that it can be without renovating or spending a whole heap of money, make sure you register straight away. Even as you're listening to this right now, you can find a link in the show notes and go to nataliewalton.com forward slash confident. All right, let's get into some of the most common styling mistakes that people make. 
Now, one of the biggest challenges is that people stop seeing their spaces. It's amazing how we really stop noticing the details. Our lives are busy and our thoughts are sometimes elsewhere, but don't underestimate the impact that our spaces have on how we feel. I had a funny conversation with my daughter over the weekend and she said, you know, mom, um, you can be a little bit more carefree with our car. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, you know, I, when I was in um, one of her friend's cars during the week, she said, you know, they've got boxes on the seats. They've got like tissues in the pockets. They've got um, food packaging on the floor. Um, there's like all, you know, like minced in the, because <laughs> I was asking like, well, what is it? Like, what do they have? And um, <clears throat> I know my son, he's got a friend and he's like, oh yeah, there's like, there's crumbs on the floor and all of these things. And and look, this is not about judgment. It, I think it's just hilarious that they notice that my car in particular, because um, both my husband and I, we own ha- each have our own car. Basically, I mean, we do spot them occasionally, but um, his is more for taking the kids to school or our youngest who isn't catching the bus at the moment and to the bus stop. And, um, and so that does have a tendency to get a little bit messier. But even still, both of our cars are pretty tidy in terms of not having stuff. I mean, we live on a country property, so we and we go to the beach every weekend. So it gets sand, you know, sometimes there's bits of grass that get in there and little bits of dirt. So it, I'm not saying that it's like immaculate in terms of like the we vacuum it every week end, which I've actually said to my husband, I, I want to pay the kids to do this because I would actually really appreciate that. But um, <clears throat> that's a conversation for another day because we have quite a different sort of opinion on that. But anyway, um, and but, you know, for me, it's really important that my spaces look and feel good for my own enjoyment. I'm not doing this for anybody else's benefit. But I like stepping into my car and knowing that it doesn't have all this stuff because when it has stuff, I start to feel overwhelmed. I've got four children, four kind of, well, I was going to say young children, but they're all growing up very fast at the moment. It feels that way. I've got a 15-year-old all the way down to a seven-year-old. I've got four children and there is a lot that comes with having four children. I mean, we don't overcommit in terms of extracurricular activities, but there's still a little bit of that with my son's been playing soccer. My daughter is in ensemble. Like we have a lot of things going when you start adding things like play dates and other things and wanting to go to the library and all these other things. You know, even parent teacher nights, we're going to go for four children, something as simple as that, you know, four school camps, like all of the things that go with that. So any fundraising activity that goes on, you know, like we have to participate for four classes like that. It's, it's a lot that goes on. And so for me in my life to add anything else on top of that in terms of, you know, the visual clutter or the to do sense of what that clutter represents makes me feel incredibly overwhelmed. So I do think that um, going back to, you know, how this relates to the home and styling, it is so important to really open your eyes to your spaces. And I'll get into this in a little bit more detail. The second challenge is that you don't know what's missing. So for my friend, you know, her home was actually incredibly tidy and clean. She had some nice things in there, but it wasn't really at that next level. And so that was her challenge is that she just didn't know. She's, you know, she was very sweet and sort of said, you know, um, you know, I'm just trying to style the space at the moment. And, um, and I could tell that 
you know, she didn't feel that it was right. She wasn't feeling confident about it. The third challenge is that you're not thinking big enough. This is one of the biggest challenges. It's similar to sort of, you don't know what you don't know. And so you need to open your eyes and learn to see in a whole new way. I was actually just reading through some testimonials for the Starling Masterclass because I've been updating some of the um, the information about the course because um, I'm going to be sort of running it again very soon. And, um, you know, it's I, I love reading people's comments. And this was from somebody called Penny. And she said, thanks, Natalie, for opening my eyes and changing my lens on how I see the world. What an amazing experience. And I get students say this all the time, that they learn to see with new eyes. They learn to see in a new way and see the possibilities for their spaces. So, you know, this is what happens when you can start to, you know, really open your eyes to what's around you because it's so, you know, amazing. We can just live by default so easily. And it's a very, very easy trap to fall into. So, you know, I just want you to know that you can learn to see the potential of your spaces and you can learn how to think bigger and get clear on what's missing in your spaces. So let's get into the the very specific mistakes that I see come up a lot and also in relation to my friend and how I was helping her. So the first one, now this didn't really relate to her, but this relates to almost every other home I go to, which was too much stuff. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make in their homes is that they just simply have too much stuff. They can't even see the pieces that they really love because their kitchen counter is covered in paperwork or phone chargers and cords and cups and plates. You know, maybe you've bought like a beautiful vase on a holiday to Italy and maybe, you you know, you carefully wrapped it in clothing, put it safe in your suitcase and you carried that piece from one country to another and you placed it in your home as a beautiful memory and a memento of that holiday and that time, you know, and and that beautiful um, vacation that you took. And now you don't even notice it because you have all this stuff around it that is kind of meaningless. It's not actually important to you. And what happens is that your brain just starts to switch off. It doesn't like what it sees. And so it just stops noticing. But what's sad about this is that it actually stops noticing the good stuff too. You know, it's kind of like the idea of keeping a gratitude journal. If you don't take the time at the end of the day to clear out your mental clutter, you don't have the opportunity to focus on the good moments. And so if you don't take the time to clear away the clutter from your spaces, you don't have the visual breathing room to notice the beautiful objects in your space. My friend, as I said, she didn't really have this problem, but so many people do. And I just want to flag that there are so many people, you know, it doesn't actually have to be this way. It's a it's a pattern of behavior in terms of how you're living, potentially, you know, this resonates with you. And, you know, awareness is often the first and most important step. And I often encourage people like just try and walk through your front door literally with fresh eyes and try and notice everything because you know, and I actually do this exercise all the time because, you know, it is easy to stop noticing the things and the sort of little bits and pieces that just accumulate. And then you sort of think, oh, actually, like, you know, it's just slowly builds, slowly builds. And then you sort of stop noticing, wow, that's actually a lot of stuff on that shelf. I don't actually need all that stuff there. Now, the second mistake that I see a lot, and this is having too many small objects. So this was one of the first things that I pointed out to my friends. 
She'd styled some shelves in her living room and her kitchen, and in both cases, but especially in the kitchen, she had too many small pieces. When everything is the same size, particularly if it's small, it all starts to look the same. There's no visual variety. And that's why you need to know and understand how to use scale and proportion in your spaces. And this is nothing, again, it's nothing to do with spending money. Instead, it's knowing how to arrange the objects that you already have in your space so that each one is going to have maximum impact. The third mistake that, um, that I see a lot, and it was another tip that I gave to my friend. Um, you know, I actually had this really huge week. And so I asked her to take photos on her phone. And while we were in the school car park, I was giving her this advice and sort of stepping her through what she needed to do. So the next day she said, you know, as soon as you pointed it out, I could see that you were right on what was missing, but she couldn't see it on her own. So this, as I said, this relates to rhythm. So what do I mean by rhythm? I often think that when we, and I like to use this analogy with my students, when you're creating a space, you want to create it like you were creating a piece of music. So rhythm is like the repetition of colors or objects or textures or, you know, different elements, forms. When you have that repetition, it, it creates a, um, you know, a feeling of familiarity that makes it feel like it's been there intentionally. But you also then need to have pauses as well. Like you don't want to have that same rhythm throughout. Like when you have the slower parts or then you quickly speed it up, like that's what you want to have in your spaces. You want to have some areas where there's visual breathing space and then some areas where it's a little bit busier and there's more going on. So you need to have that kind of pace and that mix up of pace in your spaces. And so how this shows up and how it showed up for my friend was like really you know, I suggested break up the space between the objects because she had in one on one shelf in particular that I can recall, you know, all of the objects were a very similar space distance between each other. So you need to mix it up. You need to have some a little bit closer, some further apart so that there's that visual variety. That is what pleases our eyes. And that is what makes us feel good in our spaces. Again, it has nothing to do with spending money. It is to do with the art of arranging the objects that you already have. The fourth mistake is lacking layers. Sometimes people add too many layers, and that kind of goes back to mistake one, which is when there's just too much of everything. And you need to either declutter or edit your spaces when that is your situation. But for most people, and this was the case with my friend, um, you need to add some layers. Now, there's a lot of fear when it comes to layers. And my friend, she likes her home to be quite simple and not over the top. And I completely understand. But if you don't have enough layers, an interior can veer towards being bland or boring. And often this is where that, you know, when you have that, like something just feels like it's missing. It's often because you don't have enough layers. And so if you have that feeling that something's not quite right with your home, really take a look at the layers that you've added or you haven't added to your space. So what I wanted to share with you, which was the follow-up to um, my blog post was after that, as I mentioned, we were kind of still going backwards and forwards with some images. And she showed me a photo of this entranceway that, um, that I'd helped design for her. 
And, and this is where the difference between designing and styling kind of comes into play. So I had recommended that she, she had a cupboard. I recommended she pull that out, put a bench seat, um, put a peg rail, some lights to kind of make it feel warm and inviting. And um, because the cupboards were like, it was not something very visually pleasing to look at because you saw this as soon as you walked in. And it just makes it feel more boxed in. So, you know, I said you could put some pretty baskets underneath. And so she had like some nice baskets hanging on the peg rail. Um, she had another one to the left, but that was kind of it. And it definitely lacked something. And so I suggested, um, you know, cause I was kind of going through my mind and this is what I do when I'm starting spaces. I think like, what would I do if this was my space? And so I said, look, why don't you try adding some cushions? Because I feel like it needs to have some more textures. Like everything was looking very, very similar. And so she added some cushions and it started to look better. I said, yeah, that's definitely an improvement. And I was looking again. I thought, no, what is it? Like there's something that's not right here. And as soon as I realized, I thought, I can't believe I didn't think of this like straight away. And so again, it's, it's amazing, you know, and it's no judgment when I say like we stop seeing our spaces because when we look at what's right in front of us, sometimes it's hard to imagine what's possible beyond that. And then I said, ah, oh, I really think it needs a rug because I always add a rug to my hallways and as many spaces, like that's always one of the key areas that I have. And so because the light shades were very similar in terms of the materiality in relation to the baskets, there wasn't enough variety with the layers and with the textures and you know, the, the, even the tactility of things, you know, baskets are sort of quite hard, whereas I really felt that it needed softening. And so that was what I recommended to her. And, um, and I actually just loaned her because I've got so many rugs. Um, I've got, um, I loaned her and also one from imprint house, a seagrass rug. And actually that was the one that, um, she said, yes, like this is the one that looks the best. And, um, she showed me a photo and it just, it really did transform that space. Just something as simple as putting a rug in there. You need to add layers and textures, even if you're working within a neutral palette, especially when you're working with a neutral palette, that is what's going to take your interiors to that next level to really have that visual appeal, making them enticing, you know, elevating them and just kind of really enhancing the look and feel of them. So the fifth mistake is neglecting volume. If you've listened to this podcast for a while now, or if you follow me on Instagram, which I hope you do, I'm at Natalie Walton, you'll know I'm a big believer in going big in your interiors. So what do I mean by that? So if you're hanging a pendant or putting a rug in your room, you really want it to look and feel intentional, not apologetic. We used to talk about this in the magazine at all, sort of saying, oh, it just looks a bit like apologetic, meaning it just looks like, oh, you know, like, oh, I'm sorry that I'm adding this. Like, you know, I feel a little bit frightened or a little bit afraid. Like you want to have pieces that have been added there intentionally. Like there's a confidence and a conviction behind the placement of something. And, um, you know, so very, you know, big examples of this idea, but there are other ways that you can play with this idea too. And so that's what I said to my friend for her kitchen counter. It was just looking a little bit bare and she had a fruit bowl and it had like a mixed assortment of fruit. And so I suggested like, why don't you get like a really, you know, a much bigger bowl, perhaps putting on a large chopping board or a serving board, um, you know, to kind of create those layers again, sort of break it up visually and, you know, just have like the one 
fruit or I don't know if artichokes are a vegetable, but um, I'm having a mental blank, but something along those lines, like just avocados or just artichokes or like just one type of fruit that's tonal with the rest of your spaces. And just those little things, they're just those little elements that really then stop looking really bitsy and start to look more intentional. And again, I would really, you know, encourage you to be very intentional with your selections. And again, it's not necessarily about spending money or, you know, I mean, even if you did have to go out and buy some avocados, I mean, okay, avocados may be a bad example. We've got about five avocado trees or maybe even more, I think maybe seven. So we have no issues with, (laughs) we don't have to buy avocados, but whatever it is, like maybe it's like three pineapples or it's coconuts or whatever it is that like is in season in wherever you live in the world, like just put that on display and it can look really beautiful. Um, and, um, you know, so these are some of the things that you can do and they're very small changes, but they really can make all the difference. So today I wanted to share with you some of the most common mistakes I see when it comes to people styling their spaces. As I said, there's no judgment here. I'm just sharing what I've learned from styling hundreds of homes over the years and helping thousands of students in my course, The Styling Masterclass, which, as I mentioned, is opening for enrollment again very soon. And, you know, I've also learned these lessons through my own mistakes. I'm always looking back at my own work and evaluating about what worked, what didn't, what could I do better. So let's just go through some of the most common mistakes again. And I want you to think when I sort of go through these, I want you to ask yourself, these questions like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, where are you? Or, you know, if you were to make an improvement with this, then what impact could that have on your space? Or, you know, can you just try and take action on on this particular idea on your home? So the first mistake is too much stuff. Like I said, when you've got clutter everywhere or lots of objects, even if it's kind of arranged in a very beautiful way, even then, if it's just too much, your eye just can't take in all of that information and things get lost. Or the second mistake is having too many small objects. Again, I see this on people's shelves. I see this on people's coffee tables, um, all sorts of different types of display. So, and it can even happen with art. You know, if you've got too many small pieces of art, you need to have visual variety, bigger ones with smaller ones, with medium ones, mix it up. The third mistake mistake is not enough rhythm. Like I said, think about your room as like a piece of music that you need to have, you know, different cadence throughout your spaces, slow sections, fast sections, mix up the tempo. The fourth mistake is that you are lacking layers. Make sure you add a variety of texture and layering elements to your spaces. Like I said, you don't want everything to be hard. You need to have soft and different lengths and different tones and like you really need to mix it up. And the fifth mistake is neglecting volume. So what I mean by that is go big where you can. So like I said, you know, think about what can you take action on today? What's one thing that you can improve in your home? And, you know, think about how that would make you feel. I'd love also to think you to think about like, what have you found most valuable today? As I always say, you know, I really appreciate if you write a review and that is a great way that you can share with me if you found this episode valuable. This is episode 135 
And, you know, this is quite a practical kind of episode. So if you would like to hear more episodes like this, then please let me know. You know, I'm happy to do it. I just, I really need that feedback from you. So I would love to hear from you. You know, and I want you to know that you can make small changes in your home that can have a big impact on your life. And it doesn't, as I said, it doesn't have to be about spending money or necessarily, you know, engaging in a big renovation. These are changes that you can make today. And if you're serious about implementing the ideas that we've talked about today, I'd love to have you join me in my free class that I'm teaching next week. So you can go to nataliewalton.com forward slash confident. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you have found this valuable. I hope you've got something that you can think, you know what, I'm going to try and see playing with this area of my home and mixing it up and, you know, and, and really notice the changes that those tweaks can make and how the impact it can have on your spaces and how that makes you feel in your spaces too. I really appreciate you joining me today and I look forward to connecting again with you very soon. Have a great week, everyone. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint. Imprint.